Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening. Rory, with you for the next hour. Coming up tonight, I'm going to keep you up to date on Glam Myers National Cup final against DCU Mercy Half Time. Glam Meyer trailing there at the moment. Keep you up to date on that one. Two big interviews to come on the show tonight as well. We're talking to former Cork City defender, Cork City icon, Cork City legend, former Ireland international Alan Bennett about retirement, about his uh, new job with the FBI as a development officer and plenty more as well. And we're talking to John O'Shea, the Corkman, the BDO Masters champion, lest we forget on getting his tour card for the PDC for the next two years. They're coming up uh, tonight between 6 and 7. Going to recap all the day's action as well. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Absolutely delighted you could join us uh, this evening right here on Cork's Red FM. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, 0868104106, send us an on WhatsApp or a text. Um, just to kick off the show, just going to wrap up everything that's been happening today. Bally Giblin into the AIB All-Ireland Junior Club Hurling Championship final. They've beaten Full and Gales of Manchester in the All-Ireland Junior Club Championship semi-final today. 4.20 to 12 points. That was a 20-point win in Portlaoise. They'll face Mooncoin in the decider. The Kilkenny side, comfortable winners over Salt Hill at Knocknacarra. Mooncoin 2.26, Salt Hill Knocknacarra 11 points was how that finished today. So it will be Bally Giblin versus uh, Mooncoin in Crow Park in two weeks' time. That's going to be an absolute cracker. Congratulations indeed to everyone involved with Bally Giblin. Incredible stuff uh, from them into the All-Ireland final. It doesn't get any better than that. Elsewhere, Kilkenny's Ballyhale Shamrocks have beaten the Galway champions St. Thomas's in their AIB All-Ireland Club Senior Hurling Championship semi-final at Semple Stadium. This was one of the most dramatic things I have ever seen in a game of hurling. TJ Reid with a free. They're two points down, um, basically two points down, 63 minutes on the clock. There was three minutes of time added on. This was the last puck of the game. TJ Reid steps up, looks up, puts the ball into the back of the net somehow I have no idea there was about 10 St. Thomas's players in the way of uh, TJ and the goal puts it into the back of the net Ballyhill Shamrocks into the All-Ireland final 215 to 20 points a one point win one of the most dramatic things I've ever seen in a game of hurling absolutely fantastic stuff from TJ Reid and uh, they had to go on to face Waterford's Bally Gunner in the decider they defeated the Derry champions Schlock Neil 219 to 117 was how it finished in their semi-final at Parnell Park earlier on today. Uh, basketball and uh, the address CCC Glanmire are going in search of their first Polly O'Connor National Cup title since 2017. They're taking on DCU Mercy today. A uh, very, very good second half from, from DCU, or second quarter I should say, from DCU Mercy has them leading 34-31 end-to-end stuff there at the National Basketball Arena and uh, we'll hopefully be talking about a victory for the address CCC Glamour still plenty to go only three points down at half time 34-31 DCU Mercy lead in rugby Munster hammering wasps today 45 points to 7 in Poulet of the Champions Cup this afternoon 4 wins from 4 now for Johan van Grand's side Conor Murray Jack O'Donoghue Jeremy Lockman Rory Scannell uh, 2 from Simon Zebo as well uh, with the tries for Munster today so that means Zebo is now Munster's all time highest try scorer in Europe absolutely incredible stuff 
uh, from Simon Zebo. Elsewhere, Connacht losing 37 points to 31 to Stade Francais in their final pool. Again, the Westerners, though, were already through to the knockout stage prior to the game. Uh, in the Premier League, it's uh, currently uh, Chelsea in action against Tottenham in the evening kickoff. That one got underway today at half past four. It's Chelsea leading there by two goals to nail. We can get a report from Guy Swindles, uh, who is uh, at that game today. And uh, it is. Uh, sorry, just bear with me there for two seconds. Yeah, it's uh, Chelsea 2, Tottenham 0. And it is uh, Guy Swindles uh, with the report. Mason Mount's free kick headed home by Thiago Silva who got in front of the Spurs defence and just guided a header down past Lloris Spurs will argue possibly it shouldn't have been a free kick in the first place but uh, Dyer did get something on hudson Adoy, and all this while Spurs were trying to make some substitutions it's Chelsea 2, Spurs nil. 73 minutes on the clock there Liverpool beating Crystal Palace today Joe Rawson's at Silhurst Park full time Crystal Palace one Liverpool three the Merseysiders have reignited their title challenge but they didn't have it all their own way here at Selhurst Park they uh, had a deserved half-time lead Virgil van Dijk heading in a Robertson corner and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain finishing after a delightful chip by Robertson into the back post he then uh, hit his shot into the bottom corner but Palace were a different side in the second half Odson Edward pulled one back after John Philip Mateta was put through one-on-one he laid the ball on a plate for Edward he couldn't miss and then there were further good opportunities for Palace to find an equaliser Gallagher Edward Mateta and Elise all testing Alisson and then the decisive moments of the game coming just before uh, stoppage time a penalty awarded to Liverpool after Jota was through one-on-one Vincenti Gaeta came out to make the challenge VAR took a long hard look at it it looked soft to me but a penalty was given and Fabinho uh, put the ball into the back of the net in the absence of Mo Salah the regular spot kick taker so Liverpool hold on it's a big three points for them full time Crystal Palace 1 Liverpool 3 a big three points Liverpool indeed they're nine points behind leaders Manchester City they have a game in hand Jurgen Klopp speaking afterwards saying that his team's performance level dropped a bit after a dominant start but his opponents deserve credit too they didn't have a sniff of the game in the first 35 minutes we were really good and if we stay like this then this is a clear thing today but we couldn't and then we opened the door for them but then they were more than ready to run through it and that was really dangerous but yeah, now it feels even better because it was so hard Huge congratulations to Amy and Ian who have texted us into 0868104106 Congratulations guys I'm absolutely over the moon for you um, Leicester City and Brighton in the Premier League finished one apiece today Joshua Smith Leicester won, Brighton won. A nervy finish for the Foxes, who dropped three points from a winning position in midweek. They've dropped two points again late on today at the King Power Stadium. Dakar got things going for the Foxes right at the start of the second half. Uh, it was a great flurry of chances, in truth. Madison with the first one, then Barnes, then it landed to Dakar, who put the ball in the back of the net. Danny Welbeck changed things for Brighton when he came off the bench. He had a header saved moments before he got the equaliser. Another header, this time more pay on the far side with a great pinpoint ball in Welbeck heading straight past Schmeichel went in off the post but Schmeichel could do absolutely nothing about it and that changed things Brighton pushed on it got nervy in the King Power everybody sensing an upset could be on the cards and they had a great chance cleared off the line by Thielman 
Netherlands. A burn header off the line, which very nearly gave them all three points. Trossard then burst through the middle, had a shot on goal himself, saved by Kasper Schmeichel. Both sides ruined missed chances. Both sides could have gone on to win the game, but it's finished Leicester 1, Brighton 1. Leicester won, Brighton won, was the full-time score there elsewhere. Arsenal and Burnley finishing scoreless today. Joshua Adudonkor at the Emirates. Frustrating afternoon for Arsenal as they missed the opportunity to go into the top four. A game with a few clear-cut chances from both sides. Arsenal's striker Alexander Lagazette, the best chance either half with a close-range shot blocked by Captain Bermude in the first half. Then in the second half, a brilliant run from Smith Rowe. He laid it off in the box to Lagazette. He could only prod wide. Burnley defended superbly throughout the 90 minutes. Dwight McNeil nearly won it in the end from a a rare break but his shot was lashed over a priceless point for bottom place Burnley still no wins in 2022 for Arsenal and Mikel Arteta ended Arsenal nil Burnley nil yeah Mikel Arteta certainly not a happy man they had a chance to go to the top four today it was scoreless uh, with bottom side Burnley as we just heard there two points behind fourth place Manchester United with a game in hand Arteta though not happy with today's performance at all you have to find a way you want to be with the top teams out there you have to win those matches when you create the number of Attempts, uh, situations and, and chances, um, you have to come out and, and win the game, that's simple. And uh, still uh, Chelsea 2, Tottenham nil. 78 minutes now on the clock in that game. Elsewhere today in tennis, third seed Alexander Zverev has been knocked out of the Australian Open. He lost to Denisha Pavlov in straight sets. Uh, the Canadian Pavlov will now face Rafa Nadal in the quarterfinals. Nadal continues his quest for a record-breaking 21st major title. He defeated, uh, defeated Adrian Manorino in Melbourne today. The women's war number one, Ashley Barty, booking her place in the quarterfinals. She defeated Amanda Anasimova. She continued a perfect start to the tournament she is yet to drop a set uh, looking absolutely fantastic as well Barty is hoping to become the first Australian to win their home grand slam in 44 years don't think you'd bet against her in the way that she is performing at the moment in golf Seamus Power will begin his final round of the American Express Championship just two shots off the lead this evening the Waterford native tees off a quarter to seven Irish time from 16 under par he's chasing Paul Bergeon of France and the Hodges of the United States they share the lead on 18 under par Shane Lowry and Rory McIlroy finished up in its high for 12th at the Abu Dhabi Championship today McIlroy shot a 3 under par final round of 69 Lowry was 5 over today which left them both on 5 under par Belgian Thomas Peters won by a shot on 10 under par Patrick Harrington finishing up on four under and the NFL playoffs are continuing tonight the LA Rams travelling to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at eight after that it's the meeting of the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills overnight Cincinnati defeating Tennessee 19-16 San Francisco limited Green Bay by 13 points to 10 second half uh, just about to get underway as well at the uh, basketball where it is uh, DCU Mercy leading Glamour 34-31 we'll keep you up to date on that one as the show progresses alright so going to talk football to kick things off on the show this evening I recently caught up with former Cork City defender and Ireland international Alan Bennett uh, Benno has recently taken up a job as the FAI development officer for the Cork City region so I spoke to Alan about his new gig what life in retirement is like and it's hopes for sitting in 2022 and the newly appointed FBI development officer for Cork City Alan Bennett Alan how are you sir? Great Rory thanks for having me on boy. I really appreciate it and thanks for coming on um, this job at the FBI as part of the development officer it sounds very very exciting can you outline it is what you'll be doing? Yeah it, it's, 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 a, it's a very kind of broad remit really it's, it's in partnership with the Cork City Sports Council so it's it's everything from from grassroots football to um, walking football and everything in between. Um, 
lot of like target groups that that are that we're hoping to to include in society and use sport as a way to include people in society and include people in their local community and it, it's just it's it's everything it, it it combines two things i love really which is football and, and cork city so for me it was it was a great opportunity and it was something that look i i felt i had to I had to take because i i just as i said i really enjoy both areas and to get a full-time job in football is very difficult and and to get to get this opportunity was incredible that's what i was going to say yeah, to take a full-time job in football um after your, your playing retirement i suppose i mean like is that filling that gap that filling that itch i suppose since your retirement yeah yeah look nothing will ever replace playing without a shadow of a doubt you know there was there was there's no job like it. it's easily the best job in the world so like this is, is if you don't want to go into the the world of, of the uncertain world of managing you you kind of head down this kind of road so i i'm really excited by it i'm re- really looking forward to it. it 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 opens up football away from that kind of there is an elite element there's the center of excellence but more 95 percent of the job it will be around just the sport we love really you know and that's 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 how I see it. I see it as the player first and foremost is the most important thing in my job. And then because without the player, there's no coach. Without the coach, there's no team. Without the team, there's no league. Without the league, there's no association. So that, that's the kind of chain that works for me, you know. So once the player is safe, number one, happy, number two, and just challenged, I suppose, to an extent, number three, then no matter if they're a, a young girl or an old man playing walking football. Well, it'll be and everything in between it'll be um, a <laughs> job well done walking football is next for us I say is it yeah. <laughs> we're getting to that age now <laughs> You've only been in the job, I suppose, uh, a couple of weeks at this point, Dan. I'd imagine it's been a, a bit of a whirlwind to get, uh, get going, I suppose, get your head into it. Yeah, 100%. There's, there's loads of stakeholders. There's, there's kind of because it's split between the FAI and the, and the Cork City Sports Council, there's kind of like two bosses essentially so like kind of getting to know what, what the remit of both and what they both want uh, meeting the people involved it was been great there's from what this is, like it, I applied for the job a few years back and, and didn't get it and from my interactions immediately with the FBI there seems to be a total kind of culture change within the organisation uh, it's Initially, it's 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 just extremely welcoming. Everybody is is touching base with me. Everybody's checking in. Um, it seems to be a real open kind of book, and 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 that I think it can only. And I want to be a part of that culture change. I want to I want to be. You know, everyone's talking about. Yes, the talk has been talked, but now the action has to be shown. And yeah. I will be part of putting that action in place. You know, and I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, because there seems to be a general feeling around Irish football and grassroots football that things are going in the right direction after a number of years when you could argue that it wasn't. Absolutely. And it's it's time, you know. It really is because as a sport, I, I think we might be slightly falling behind other sports. And, and I suppose this is an opportunity for me at the start. It's just a place to rally and call out, out to, I think there's 100 and just shy of 160 clubs in Cork at the grassroots level. Mm. And each everyone just needs to come together now and, and just just under the umbrella of the love of the game and the player focus you know that that's that that'll be all the conversations I'll be having with any groups any grassroots club I speak to any school I speak to love of the game because it is it's a game that everybody loves no matter what you know and yeah. um, so 
that it's 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 just time to move on now and, and drive the sport forward and drive the organisation forward and it, it's from the top to the bottom and the bottom to the top absolutely and your playing career obviously speaks for itself but aside from that your teaching career in recent years I'd imagine is a big help in this job as well yeah it, it, it definitely was you know because it, it just showed that I was able to kind of organise and plan and show all those kind of skills I was, I was very very fortunate to be given the opportunity to teach in Presentation Brothers College in, on the Maradike and they were really understanding that I had to take this opportunity to work in football again you know they said look it's, it's something that you love it's in your blood etc etc so they were very understanding because it can be very difficult to, to leave halfway through a school year um, <clears throat> but they facilitated that incredibly so it just, it, I suppose it showed when I did the interview that I, I'm able to deal with stakeholders, I'm able to, you know, report and, and, and just, I suppose, you're, when you're a full-time footballer, you're, you're trying to demonstrate those skills, but you're, it's kind of hard, you know, you're not, you're not really able to put down concrete examples of, you know, communication, conflict, et cetera, et cetera. But once, once I was able to kind of show that in teaching in the world of education, now I'm gone from teaching business to, to teaching football really so that's kind of that's the way I see it What are the immediate challenges I suppose Alan facing grassroots football in Cork City? Great question I I think structure I think there's a, there's a club mark programme which the FAI are running which um, at its most basic just gets everyone on a, on a database everyone on a minimum standards database you know so hmm. it's a, a programme which as I said it's a, just shy of 160 clubs and there's because of it's only just launched and it launched pre-COVID and then it, as everything happened everything, everything has slowed down but it just it'll just help get everyone together on the same page everyone together on a minimum standard and I'm talking from the administration side of things safeguarding side of things the venue risk assessment side of, side of things and it'll just make things flow easier in terms of information and in terms of you want your club wants to hold um, any event it'll, it'll have uh, a blueprint right there in front of it you know, that it'll have ticked off and then it'll be able to say X, Y and Z we're able to do X, Y and Z do you know, so that's 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 a kind of that will then feed into a, an overall structure. You know, so that immediately is, is part of is one of the areas as part of my uh, remit. And I, I think that, that that's quite important. And, and that's the grassroots area now, definitely. Yeah. I'd imagine you'd be linking in with uh, your former club Cork City quite a bit with this as well, Alan. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's in the other side of, of, of the spectrum. Then with with um, the kind of high performance and the uh, centre of excellence, which 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 run across which run across the city. Um, the, yeah, that that that's as I said, the job is so so wide and so varied that I kind of have to break up my time in in in, in that sense. But. I'm looking forward. Yeah, I'm in touch with Ian Carney and in touch with the, with 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 the, with the academy situation, and um, and looking forward to working with them. Absolutely, exciting stuff as well. So, I mean, like, what are I suppose your short term goals, Alan? Yeah, great question again. Um, to I suppose I, I'm viewing this job um, 50-50 with the FAI and Corsi Sports Council with Corsi Sports Council it's to immediately target groups that are perhaps 
football mad, but slightly on the outside of society. So you're you're anything from the homeless community to direct provision, youth groups, traveller visibility groups, um, just just those kind of areas that in short term, if I if I can even just engage and start to create a wish list and start to create a conversation with them, how through football can we engage and create inclusivity and I'm not talking now about going up and just, just putting on a session on a Tuesday and leaving it at that. I want these participants to join their local club, to become a coach in their local club, to become an administrator in their local club, to become a referee, to become a player, you know, to become just involved because that's what that's what happens. It starts with taking up a role in a, in a local club and next thing you're, you're in the fabric of, of, of that community, you know, and, and that's, that shows, you know, personality of the person and it shows, you know, it shows that they can bring their values and, and, and all that to the job then and and it just it just goes from there, you know. And that's my immediate short-term goal regarding Corsi Sports House. Regarding um, the FAI part of the job, it's maintaining the programmes that, that are currently running. So, we, like I said, we have, um, uh, what are we today? Tomorrow is... We have women in sport on, on Thursday night and then walking football on uh, Friday night. So there are two, two programs I'll immediately just step in and keep moving. And then to kind of just put my own stamp on things kind of going forward, I suppose, then, um, which which they've given me free reign to do, mm. which is great, you know. So they're kind of, they're, they're both my short-term goals for, for both sides of the job, yeah. And is it a case, Alan, that like clubs and organisations contact you or do you contact clubs or how does it work? Yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been set up now. I've got my email on the work stuff, all my IT stuff all sorted. So it's definitely a case that that, that, that clubs will start reaching out. And, and you, I, what I first did was went to the FAI website and, and all the programs are there. So all the details of programs are there. And my line manager, um, Nick Harrison's, his contact details are up on there. So that'll find its way to me, definitely, you know. So we're... Region four, that's how it's broken down. And as I said, when I went to look at some of, because some of them were new to me, Kickstart to Recovery, which is, you know, a mental health initiative involved with the HSC, um, the Football for All, which is kind of disability football, and all all the all the teams that come under there. All those were kind of new to me in, in some sense, and I had to do a lot of research on them. Um, there, the the information is there. So, if, <coughs> excuse me, if anybody's in any way interested or outside of a club or even inside of a club and they feel that they want to bring this to their club or they want to see if their local club has it, start there, check it out, learn the information that you need to learn, then follow follow the route from there. And, and 100%, if, if, if you make contact, it will definitely be contact made back. I, that's, from, that's, that's my job and I'll, I'll take that very seriously. Now we just at the start touched on your, your footballer tournament I suppose has it been strange going back to Turner's Cross as a supporter and not being out there I suppose kicking the ball with the lads Yeah very it's 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 been every bit as hard as I thought it would be you know retiring it really is it's it's part of your soul you know and it's, and it's part of your identity as a person and it's really challenging it really is um, you miss it every day and I, I flirted with the idea of signing with other teams locally and, and but I just my body just is not to it. I, I kind of have to make peace with that, you know. Um, and I wouldn't have been doing myself or the club or whoever I wanted. And then you're kind of focusing on moving on. And, you know, like, 
Mm. I didn't realize how, uh, you know, I've got a little girl now as well, so I hope people do do it in terms of job, staying fit, having a family, (laughs) balancing all those. I don't know how people did that because I was lucky enough that my job was my fitness and, you know, like for years. So I had a bit, well, how people do all of them, spin all the plates. I have no idea and I'm still getting my head around it. And fingers crossed uh, Corks I suppose can get promoted this year and they belong in the Premier Division I guess Absolutely yeah yeah. I've, I've, I've kept close I haven't seen them but I've kept close I two results so far Clarny and um, UCD last mm. night was really good results so it's good it's good to see it's good to see that they kept, kept a clean sheet last night that, 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 that's vitally important you know I, from my own point of view I suppose thinking back is that any, any team that's built um, you know to have a successful league campaign it's built from the back up, you know, that's my own mind, my own way of thinking of things. And, um, yeah, I saw the, the last minute goal against Killarney was, was just a kind of an incident, but it's good that they're keeping clean sheets now against against UCD last night. And two good goals, it's good. signing Barry Coffey back is, is yeah, incredible to yeah. work. I think, he's, I think he's a player with huge potential, you know, and it's a good step for him in his career. How how that'll, I think, he, is he there for the half season? Is yeah, up to the summer, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully they can go beyond that. I'm sure for him, if it's a success, I'm sure he'll want them. So it's, it's signing him back was, was a major statement and because that's the other side of things. You need two, two or three goal scorers chipping in. But it's exciting. And then, like, Colin's building a serious squad and I'm glad to see Kevin O'Connor back as well. So he's kind of... It's, it's the way it's gone. It must have been the way... It must have been for, like, Declan Daly and all them when they, when they saw, you know, me... Retiring or me playing, taking over, and you know, it's, it's kind of just go. Kevin was a young fella for me, you know, in the squad, young kid, and then went off and then came back. and He's just he's a senior, he's a senior lad there now. He's you know, he'll be driving the team and driving the standards every day, and it's up to him to, to create a, a tight group, you know. Yeah, it certainly is. All right, Alan, thanks very much for joining us on the Big Red Bench today. Very best of luck indeed uh, with the new gig. Thanks, Rory. Appreciate it. The Big Red Bench, John Cork, Shred FM. That is Alan Bennett, Cork City legend, former Ireland international, talking about his new career, uh, linking up with the FBI to become their new development officer. We wish Alan the very, very best of luck in that role. And uh, as he's talking there, um, retirement, <laughs> I suppose, difficult enough for him, uh, adjusting not being out on the pitch. But um, I'm sure we'll see him uh, out at the cross uh, across the course of the season. What should be a a very exciting year for Cork City. We had Dylan McGlade on the show last night. He was in conversation with Cullum. If you missed that, it's available on the Big Red Bench podcast on redfm.ie. At National Cup final, um, Glenmire in a bit of a hole at the moment. They have a lot of work to do here. 9.40 left in the last quarter of the game and it's uh, DCU Mercy leading by 55 points to 43 so a bit of work there for Glanmire to do to turn that around and get a result elsewhere in the Premier League Chelsea still 2-0 up on Tottenham that game is uh, nearly at full time there so we'll get a full time report on that one in a bit still come on the show though up next we're talking to John O'Shea about securing his PDC car for the next two years The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm you're listening to the Big Red Bench Rory here with you until 7 Glanmire battling back in this Paddy O'Connor National Cup final 6-14 on the clock in the final quarter it's DCU um, uh, who lead by 58 points to 51 but Glanmire uh, with the momentum with a lot of the ball at the moment and they've just reduced that lead again 58-53 is how things stand at the moment it's going to be a 
massive, massive finale there at the National Basketball Arena. Five points in it, six minutes on the clock. Fingers crossed Glenmire can win their first Polly O'Connor National Cup since 2017. Going to hear from Barry Giblin in a bit as they progress to the All-Ireland Final. But we're going to talk darts now and our good pal John O'Shea uh, dropped into studio today because he achieved a career goal this week. The man known as Joker secured his PDC tour card for the next two years. So John, along with his special guest, his daughter Maisie, who will hear from a little bit later on in the interview, uh, drop by to talk about that achievement, what it means for him and uh, his plans for 2022. All right, delighted to be joined in studio by our good buddy John O'Shea, who's had uh, an incredible start to 2022, to put it very, very mildly. Indeed, John, great to have you back in the studio, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Rory. Good to be back. Let's come right up to the microphone there. John, um, a PDC card secured, I mean, like, that's an incredible achievement. Massive. It, it's it's huge in, in the context, like, uh, of something that you, uh, every dart player wants to achieve is to play on the PDC circuit, like, with, with, with the big boys, like, you know. Mm. So the 128 tour card holder, technically the best 128 players on the planet, you know, so to be part of that now going forward is... is Mind blowing, to be honest, Rory. You know, heading over to Q School. I mean, like, were you confident in your game going over that you had enough to get over the line? Yeah, um, there was a few things happened running up and over Christmas. Um, the last few tournaments I had played on the WDF tour, I wasn't happy with results. Mission had made a new dart. The barrel was perfectly fine, mm. um, but I'd like to use a longer point, so the finger was balancing on the point. Um, but we went and played in Ireland in the Irish Open and in Prague in Denmark but we kept the standard points in the in the, da- in the dark you know and there was just something missing so over when I came back from Prague because I was not happy with results I mean like how can you how can you not like you're trying to compete and, and play against the best players in the world and you're not getting any results in the WDF system mm-hmm. it just doesn't cut it like you know and um, I switched out the points and put in the 50 mil points into the into the new barrels that Mission had made mm-hmm. and everything just changed and over the period of the Christmas period I worked endless hours to get it right because I had a short turnaround just to make sure I was ready for Q school but I was happy with what was happening at home mm-hmm. and I went and I was I was quite confident I said to Paul my manager I said if these if this works we're on a good thing I said because over the last three or four weeks and over the Christmas period I said the throwing at home was really really good and consistent and heavy scoring and I said if we can take that to Q school mm-hmm. we shouldn't have a problem and I, I, the first few games I had won with 90 averages lost with a 90 average but I didn't panic I said you can't keep losing with, with 90 averages so we'll just stick to the game plan I'd only brought this one set of darts with them points in it so mm-hmm. there was no changing and it was that simple just to change the point made all the difference yeah you can just a twig just just a, the point because the way my, I hold the front of the barrel yeah, and then these three fingers here, you know, are resting on the point. But with the sharp point, this finger wasn't wasn't holding mm. any on anything, you know. So the longer point had the balance, and I was able to control the dart a little bit better. Mm. And it changed it changed everything with the new barrel and those long points. That's the setup now, you know. And yeah, I had some great results. I had some good battles with 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 quality mm. dart players. I mean, like there was over three hundred and fifty men. And there was a few women involved as well. Mm-hmm. Dita Hedman, who's on the same management team. Um, the standard has just gone through the roof. Like, I mean, I had to come out of stage one just to qualify for Q school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so you had the, the tour card 
guys that had lost their tour card you had guys in the top four on the challenge tour they automatically went through to the one to eight I had to qualify so I think it was about 72 players came out of stage one out of 350 mm. just uh, playing the one to eight mm. but that was the priority make sure you get to the one to eight get to the last four days of Q school and we'll take it day by day then a lot of pressure on day one so was there yeah because I had not you see the thing was right your 128 game you don't get any point mm. and your last 64 game you had to win to get a point so technically you've played two games and if you won two games it was a hard earned point you know mm. um, so I got nothing on the first day you know I know with only four days you're, you're under pressure like so the second day same again played really really well 90 averages had 104 average in one game and uh, picked up a point and I said look it's a platform we've two days left and then the third day came when I, w I went on a run to the semi-finals that gave me five points plus the one the day before was six six points plus this, uh, a leg count of 18 mm -hmm. plus 18 which was huge we kind of knew that night it was probably enough but we didn't get carried away we said look we could have went in the thing was we, we spoke about it the night before if I didn't play on the last day and took a chance because if I had lost 6-0 yeah. I'd have been taking six legs off my leg count which leg count came into it in the end for one or two players and uh, I said maybe I said look no we do, we'll just play and I was 5-2 <laughs> up against uh, Sean Griffiths and yeah, threw yeah. a 5-2 lead away but I was probably more comfortable playing him than I was all week Yeah. but I think we were I think at that stage I was happy enough that we were and about an hour after that my name turned dark green on the the oracle must have been some feeling I'd say oh, I just sank into my chair yeah. I was just yeah, do you know what even now when I look back at it um, they were all in playing darts Sean uh, Nick Dita uh, young Josh they were all in playing Paul was in with them you know and there was no one on our table only me when it went turn green like. <laughs> and the tears came I won't like the, the tears came down it was so. a long time coming yeah. you know but um, yeah it's probably just as well there was nobody at the table I would have probably <laughs> lost it completely but yeah I pulled myself together and, you know and went in and supported the mm -hmm. lads you know but um, yeah it was just that that feeling that, that moment that, that few seconds when I said to myself you're now a professional dark player you know you never have that title until you play in the PDC at that level you know even though I'd won the World Masters it's still the amateur side of the sport yeah. now it's different now you now, now 95 averages might not be even good enough you, you, you know yourself you know the game you've seen these guys on television like they can post 115 116 averages you know but uh, I'm up for the challenge I'll be yeah I was going to say is that the challenge now to get up that average up yeah I mean like I've done I've posted a few 100 plus averages I think my, my floor average recorded floor average is 110 yeah but you might have to do that every single game it's consistency you know? I suppose that's the difference between yeah. the very top boys and the but rest. I have there is, there is a game Rory in, in me that I could do 100 plus one after the other and mm -hmm. I, I'm going to have to do it because the bottom line is if you don't do it you're going to be sitting down and and that's and that's the bottom line you mm -hmm. you just they, they, like there's no there's no 80 averages here now because you will lose with an 80 even high 80s you will you will lose like you've got to be hitting 95 96 plus you know 
So has, uh, it, has the training schedule now changed and adapted because of that? Is it more intense? Is it more hours in the day? Or? Do you know? Do you know what? Running up to Q school, I kind of, I kind of set out a tar- I kind of set out a schedule at home because there were times there I was just throwing. I love throwing darts at the mm. board, you know. But there were times there I was just throwing reckless darts, and it wasn't doing me any good. So I set out. We set out a schedule. We do a few um, routines maybe for an hour or two, put them away and come back in a few hours' time and we do it again. And I stuck to that for three or four weeks and I saw an awful difference in the doubles. You know, I was taking a JDC count of maybe 1,200, 1,300 up to about 2,000 points scored. That's round the board doubles, Shanghai's and all stuff like that. And when you see that kind of an increase, that's an increase like of maybe four, 500, mm-hmm. 600 points. It was huge, like, you know. And there's there's other games we play um, forty two you get forty two darts, you go around the board on doubles. The average is around fourteen. I'm now getting to twenty with two or three spare darts, mm-hmm. and that was the difference. And that's what you take into competition, knowing that okay, we're not hanging around doubles anymore. We're not three, four, five darts at a double. They were going out in one and two, and that that made an awful difference because when you're playing at that level, you won't get a second chance. Like, you know so yeah so everything everything kind of the, the jigsaw just all fitted in for that week that jigsaw just fitted together mm. I played well even though I had lost a few games but I only dropped out of the 90 averages maybe mm. 3 or 4 times over the 10 days that I was playing darts like you know from stage 1 to, Q, to, to the actual 4 days of Q school which which I said was was consistent from from the world go right till I got secured mm. the card. It was it was ninety averages all the way through. Like you know, we've spoken on the show a couple of times, and you've always talked about the PDC, the PDC. And now that you've gotten there, has it kind of sunk in yet? Yeah, it's sinking in this week now with interviews now and stuff like that with weekly darkcast and and some of the lads there on um, that cover the dark shows. The shows like you know, it's starting to sink in the fact that. Yeah, in two weeks' time, why start playing professional darts with these guys? Like mm. you know, so it didn't. It didn't as first the first few days. Even when I came home, like they came and met me in Dublin Airport, and I was I, I was like I was sitting. We were going down in the car, and I was talking to Laura, and it still hadn't really sunk in mm. the magnitude of what was achieved here. You know, I mean, like you can go back to the Masters when it was massive. Yeah. Ranked 212 in the world, probably no right to win that. But to come home back to Cork with a, a World Masters TV title mm-hmm. was, was huge. Like, trophy, this, a beautiful trophy as well. Yeah, and, and to do it now, this, even though there was no trophy involved, or mm. but a PDC tour card. It's every, every dart player that plays darts, that's their dream. Yeah. You know, and I always say, like, if you. If if your dreams don't scare you, are not dreaming big enough. You know you got to you got to really put it out there. Like you know what I mean. Like all the young lads out there. Like I do. If you ask them, set them down. What would you like to do? Where, where would you like to go? Oh, I want to play at Ali Pally. Mm. I want to play at Michael Van Gerwen. I want to play Gerwin Price. Now I've got that opportunity. You know, albeit at forty six years of age. Mm. Like I mean, there's a young lad on our team. He's only twenty. <laughs> you know, and he got his tour card first time of asking. Took me five, six efforts. Yeah. And I would have kept going, Rory, till I got it. Either, either I would have just lost interest completely or I would have an injury or I, I would have just fell out of love with the game. But I would have kept going until I got it because if I was to retire in a few years' time and never got that opportunity to play in the PDC, I would have never known. 
mm. whether I was good enough or not. No, there's no pressure on me for the next two years. I have a free run for two years. Yeah. And I'll just see, just let's see where it takes us. <laughs> That's the bottom line. It just where, where are we going to end up? We don't know. And where is it going to take? I mean, like the next couple of weeks, I think your schedule is fairly busy, isn't it? Oh, it is mental. I had to look at the calendar. I actually looked at the calendar the night that the card was secured. <laughs> and it was like Pro Tour, Pro Tour, Pro Tour, <laughs> Pro Tour, Barnsley, Wigan, Germany. Gibraltar you know these are all tournaments I have to qualify for but there's 30 pro tours the calendar at the moment it is only scheduled up to October because mm-hmm. yeah, that you're down to the nitty gritty end of the season then the players championship finals Ali Pali you know I'd like to sit here and say my goal is to make it Ali Pali but you know I'm just going to see how the year goes I have no idea where I'm going to end up mm-hmm. in the next 12 months or the next 2 years you know I could be back here in four months' time after winning a PDC major. Mm. I don't know. I'm capable of it yeah. because I wouldn't be in this game if I thought I, I, I couldn't do it. You know, I won, a, I won a TV major, won the Masters one. Who says I can't win a PDC one? You know, I'm good enough. You just got to do it consistently mm. and just and just put yourself out there in amongst them. Like, I mean, if they think because I'm a new tour card hauler that they can take me for granted, mm. that'll be the rock they'll perish at. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like because I really won't care. Yeah. They're defending money, they're they're up there, they're chasing Premier League spots, they're chasing you know, they're defending money, world championship money, UK open money. I I'm not defending anything. I have nothing to lose. Mm. You know, so I'm the person and I'm the person they probably have to watch out for. But like I said, if I don't produce the ninety plus averages, then there's no more to talk about because you will be sitting down within 10 minutes of the game starting and that's it then you move on to the next day mm-hmm. then it's over and then you go home you prepare again for the following week and so on and so forth like you know John's going to involve an awful lot of travelling an awful lot of being away from home I guess I suppose yeah. you couldn't do this without the support of your family at home oh it's it's massive like, like even like we say just for going away for one weekend where some pro tours will be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, home, Monday. That's mm-hmm. that's okay. But because the first one is... Um, they're so close together. And because I have to go to Mission as well in Manchester on, mm. on the Tuesday, there was no point in Paul sending me home and coming back again on the Thursday. Because there was no point, so mm. I had to stay that little bit longer. So that one, hopefully the rest of them won't be as long. It'll be out Friday or Thursday, back Monday. Mm. you know so it'll be only the weekends but um, yeah look it's something we've uh, look she's here next to me this is the, <laughs> this is the biggest supporter of the darts Maisie hi Maisie so, hi. Yeah, hi. hi so um, yeah they kind of know they, you know we, we do a lot of things with them outside of outside of the darts do you know what I mean like so um, yeah I suppose she misses she misses me alright the rest don't <laughs> <laughs> It shocked me when he won the torque It's just, it shocked me and surprised me just when the last, the third day he won it. Yeah. He's very proud of your dad, Maisie. Yeah? Yeah. Is he the best dark player you've ever seen? Yeah. <laughs> Won't get any higher, better praise than no, that, John, will you? No, but you know, there is a lot Rory goes on behind the scenes. You know, Laura, Laura's a nurse. She worked through the whole pandemic, 16, 17, 18 hour days. Yeah. The woman was falling down on her feet. But look, I have a lot of support from my own family, my mum and dad and them and my brothers. 
and uh, sisters they, they're all behind me but Granny really looks after looks after us, you know. Oh. She takes the kids to school if Laura's working them away. And she also takes the dog and <laughs> it's yeah. just with the other dog, Bella, it's just hardly without a gate, she just runs after Bella and just thinks that Bella's playing because she's running. <laughs> she's running she's away from her. <laughs> so yeah, so Mary not only has two kids to worry about, we landed a Labrador pup on her <laughs> on her as well, so yeah, top top to Mary there for the looking after them. But, uh, it, it doesn't happen without these people, Rory. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, as regards, I suppose sponsorship and I suppose the cost of like being a professional. I suppose I mean like, are there sponsorship opportunities available for you at the moment, or how does it work? Yeah, well, I'm hoping I'm hoping that um, somebody will jump on board um, to help me out. You know, um, there are spaces available on my shirt for for sponsors. You know. But yeah, it it would be a massive help uh, towards, especially starting off anyway, because you know there's a lot of, like I said, I'm, I'm away for nine, ten days yeah. in two weeks' time. That's a long time away from home, you know. And there's a lot of travelling trains and taxis, and you know. Um, I don't really get to see my dad a lot because he's travelling a lot. It'll be worth it though when he comes home with trophies, yeah. won't it? We get all the trophies. It'll be worth it then, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it, sponsorship is massive. If you can get it, mm-hmm. you know, brilliant. I mean, like before I went away, before I went away, now um, um, Dorma Farrell, below and Yard Paving and 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 Slabbing, they they looked after me for uh, Q school. Mm. You know what I mean? Like without people's help like that, you're not, you're you you could be in trouble. Like when you're away from home that length of time, like you know, and um, yeah, like I said, if I can get it. Um, brilliant you know people will be part of the journey where it takes us you know it's I, I don't know where I don't know where I'm going to get sponsorship from I, I don't know who to ask or how it works you know what I mean like so I mean like I said I've, I've been helped out down through the years by different people on different occasions you know but this time around it's it's so different like you're not waiting three four months or yeah six seven weeks for the next tournament this is going to be constant you know what I mean like so I'm going to need as much help as I possibly can get but sure look we'll, we'll see how we go I suppose you know maybe if I start winning people might come yeah. on board we will see how it goes it's 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 early days um, but the opportunity is there for anybody you know what I mean that wants to be part of the journey but like I said if it, if it doesn't come along I still have to go regardless yeah. you know so so that's it really like you know John, um, a pleasure as always talking to you, buddy. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Maisie, for coming in as well. She's gone quiet now all of a sudden. No, all of a sudden, no. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, buddy. Can't wait to see where the next year, the next two years brings you. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a good year, even two. <laughs> Certainly will. Thanks, boy. The Big Red Bench on Cork, FM, and that is uh, John O'Shea talking about getting his PDC tour card for 2022. An incredible achievement for the Joker um, the BDO Masters champion of course we've had John on the show a couple of times one of my favourite people to talk to on the show and delighted to see him get his uh, tour card for the next two years big things ahead for him and uh, yeah imagine seeing John on stage in Alexander, uh, Alexander Palace uh, at Christmas time uh, it'd be absolutely fantastic we wish him the very very best of luck for the year in fact for the two years 
ahead. Fantastic scenes at the National Basketball Arena. UCC Glanmire have produced a fourth quarter for the ages to defeat DCU Mercy in the Paddy O'Connor National Cup Final 72-65. to how it finished absolutely sensational stuff from the Cork side uh, just before we went uh, into that interview with John we were saying that they were down they were 7 points down I think it was at the time and uh, the momentum seemed to be getting away from them but whatever adjustments they made on the court it worked and they finished so strongly they are the Paddy O'Connor National Cup champions for the first time since 2017 massive massive congratulations uh, to Mark Scannell and his team with a big preview of that game on the Big Red Bench yesterday and on the Women in Sport podcast with Jerome McCarthy uh, last Thursday on redfm.ie we'll have more on the Women in Sport podcast this coming Thursday and indeed the Big Red Bench next weekend from this Glamour team congratulations indeed to them absolutely fantastic stuff Paddy O'Connor National Cup champions absolutely sensational stuff from the Cork side just about to, to get the trophy there now fantastic performance great atmosphere at the National Basketball Arena as well and deserving champions congratulations indeed to Glenmore uh, and meanwhile uh, while that John O'Shea was on as well Chelsea have beaten Tottenham today uh, 2-0 in the second half uh, 2-0 I should say at Stamford Bridge Guy Swindles was watching this one Chelsea 2 Spurs 0 Chelsea very good value for this victory two second half goals in five minutes setting them on their way Hakim Zayic his magnificent left foot curling strike from outside the penalty area into the top corner giving them the lead and then it was a fine header from Tiago Silva from a free kick from Mason Mount that made sure of the points. Spurs will point to a Harry Kane goal disallowed in the first half. Certainly they had a point. It could have counted on another day. And also the fact that the second goal for Chelsea, the free kick, well, it was marginal. But the mar- difference between these two teams was not. Chelsea much better. Chelsea 2, Spurs nil. So what does that leave things in the table? Lost Chelsea now 10 points behind leaders Manchester City. The Blues though have played a game more. Tottenham uh, two points outside uh, the Champions League places although they do have two games in hand over Manchester United uh, and that's how things stand. Liverpool of course nine points now behind Manchester City in second. They do have a game in hand so things not over yet. I mean like a lot of people are quick to crown Manchester City champions but certainly a long way to go and if uh, Liverpool win that game in hand, just six points to be breathing right down the necks of Manchester City would make a very, very interesting finale to uh, the season. So that's how things stand today uh, in the Premier League after today's action in the Africa Cup of Nations Burkina Faso and Gabon finished level at a goal apiece in their last 16 game uh, the penalty shootout uh, there uh, is uh, just ongoing they're level at six apiece in that penalty shootout uh, so we'll keep you up to date on that one, Nigeria and Tunisia are playing at 7pm this evening. Uh, turning our attentions back to Gaelic Games and of course, uh, I mentioned at the top of the show that Bally Giblin booked their place in the AIB All-Ireland Junior Club Hurling Championship Final as they beat Full and Gales of Manchester today in their semi-final in Portlaoise, 420 
12 points uh, was the final score today in Port Leash. They're going to face Mooncoin in the decider. The Kilkenny side comfortable winners today over Salt Hill and Nottingham Carra. 226 to 11 points was how that finished today. So it will be Ballygiblin versus Mooncoin in the AIB All-Ireland Junior Club Hurling Championship final in Croke Park in two weeks. Massive, massive congrats to Ballygiblin uh, for reaching the final and getting it to Croke Park. Going to hear briefly from their manager, Ronan Dwan, who's been speaking to Dennis Hurley uh, after today's win. A very, very impressive clash. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Look, look, we had the win in the first half and I suppose, you know, we got, a, we got after a good start, you know, we got, we got some good scores and I suppose um, Colin got the goal in you know to kind of you know early on to you know to set us up a bit and you know it's supposed to be drove on and, and you know made the most of, of having the win there on the first half yeah and, uh, you know look, you'd be very happy with you know where we were at half time and look their focus was good you know because it looked you know it's a tricky one you don't know much about the other team and yeah. you know we you know you would be the harm of doing them but you know it's still it's very hard to, to gauge it looks so you know we approached it like every other game and I suppose the, the prize was great like you know to get to grow up after the yeah. final so like it wasn't the danger of you know you know, taking your eye off the ball or anything because, like, you know, it's just, you know, you, you, it's just only one chance of a lifetime. Like, yeah. So, you know, look, just trilled out, worked out for us. I suppose, again, like this, the key thing is probably when you get ahead, just to push on to make sure that, you know, th- there's no fear of getting kind of sucked back into yeah, it. Yeah, like. yeah, I suppose, look, you know, not giving up any goal or anything like that, you know. Yeah. We've been very good all year at winning, you know, we've given up very few goals and it's possibly something that we, we, we focus on. And, you know, goals give teams life and, you know, if they got a goal there in the East Station, you know, it brings you back into it again. Yeah. So, you know, look, we, we defended well, I suppose. Yeah. And then the second half, just a case of, of making sure, like, the keep yeah, keep ticking over. it away and, you know, keep, you know, keep the scoreboard ticking over and, you know, not doing anything silly and, yeah. you know, because, look, you, as you said, you just never know. Like, yeah. You know, you never know if, they, they, as I said, they get a goal, you know, and it's going to happen. But look, just trim the whole, whole work Yeah, and the tactics seem to suit you as well. Like, you were able to keep, kind of keep Mark free and... Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, we were. Like, you know, when they dropped the men back, you know, we were able to get Mark free and he's very good at that role. And, yeah. You know, we were kind of like, you know, there's still plenty of space there on the side for Sean and, and Keon in the second half, you know. So, yeah. So, you know, that, like, Sean's very good to win it. Like, you know, you know he's very good to, to, to win it. And he's always a threat for a goal, like, so... Yeah. And you know. the, the change of venue was, was proven to be the right call given the, the crowd that came? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, there's a huge interest in Belly Gibbon now, and, you know, the, the community is really, you know, filing in and supporting. So there's, you know, massive crowd, and it'll be, it'll be great now to go to Crawford and there'll be a huge crowd go again. And look, in fairness to, to Port Leach today, the pitch is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. You know, for, for the end of January, like, I mean, it's absolutely brilliant. It's in great condition now, Yeah. So, and would you be hopeful of Dara being fit for his final? Yeah, well, look, we'd be hopeful that, yeah, another two weeks that he'd be another bit on. Like, I suppose, look, he was able to come on there today if we needed him, like, you know. Yeah. Look, look, you know, if we didn't have to ring a man, so, you know, look, you know, another two weeks, and again, no, you know, we should, we, we, we be very hopeful. The big red bench on Cork shot of Fennis Ronan Dwan there of Bally Gibbon speaking after uh, today's semi-final win. Uh, impressive stuff from them uh, to defeat uh, Full and Gales of Manchester. 420 to 12 points as have finished in Port Leash today. Huge Bally Gibbon crowd up at that game and treated to a superb performance from their side and they are now in the All-Ireland final in two weeks time. Mooncoin standing in their way in Croke Park it's going to be an absolutely incredible incredible occasion and I'd imagine pretty much everyone from Ballygiblin and the surrounding areas will be up in Croke Park that day it's going to be absolutely fantastic stuff congratulations indeed to Ballygiblin from everyone here at Cork's Red FM uh, incredible stuff uh, at the National Basketball Arena uh, Claire Milia has been uh, named MVP an incredible performance from her just uh, seen her there collect the, the trophy and we heard from her on the Big Red Bench yesterday and on the Women in Sport podcast MVP National National Cup final, National Cup champions, the address UCC Glanmore. Incredible stuff. Congratulations uh, indeed to Glanmore.
But that's pretty much it from us uh, for the Big Red Bench tonight. I'm delighted you uh, tuned your way into us here on Cork's Red FM. We're back next Saturday and Sunday from 6pm with all the best in local Cork sport. Uh, so delighted you can join us, if you could join us for those shows. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Big Red Bench and on Facebook as well. Uh, up next, Green and Red, three hours of the best Irish music coming your way right here on Cork's Red FM. Breakfast with Ray Foley back when you wake up tomorrow morning from 6am and the King Neil Prendival tomorrow morning from 9. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Have a great week, folks, and we will talk to you next weekend. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.